This is Oliver Braid. And we're indeed coming live from Glasgow for the very last time. For the very, very last time. That's right. This is the final Ellie and Oliver show. The 52th of 52. Whoa, I couldn't even say anything. I oh, just sorry, had to 50 do a second. big, deep intake of breath for the 52th. <laughs> the 52nd. 52th is nice, I isn't like it? I 52th because it sounds like a tooth. <laughs> but that just goes to show that my brain is actually... A little bit addled after all those Christmas like festivities and not really doing any work, just sort of consuming a lot of food and a lot of drink. Well, I'm sure anyone who listened to last week's show will appreciate the addled state of our brains. I know, it's sad because I feel like, do you get this after Christmas where you just cannot really remember what you were like when you were a clever person or not even <laughs> a clever person, a more clever person. I'm putting it out of the way until New Year's Eve is over. Okay. And then I'll then I'll try and come back. Although actually yesterday when I was coming back to Glasgow, I did listen to a just a little quick lecture on Socrates and read a bit of Foucault's History of Sexuality just to pass some time on the train. So I did. I did. Do you know, actually, talking about feeling like a less clever person, mm. one of the things I did come to the conclusion, and actually this Christmas, was um, that a lot of the time I pick up a book and I think there's no way that I'm ever going to be able to understand this. Yeah. And then I look at the pages and it's like I'm just looking at, squiggles across pages and I think no I definitely can't understand this and then over Christmas I thought maybe if before you open the book you didn't think you won't be able to understand it you could actually just ease yourself into it instead of opening it and instantly being anxious about it and I realized that actually yeah if you just take a deep breath relax into it it's not really a question of being clever or not clever it's just a question of thinking you can do it getting on with it follow it yes exactly that is my philosophy on intelligence, really. It's just to work hard and persevere. Yeah, I, I think don't, me too. I don't think I am a very clever person. I just uh, keep going. But keep going because I always think that I'm not good enough. Well, I think the thing is, I think for me, I realised earlier in the year that I'm not really... I, I don't know what really intelligence is and whether it's constant anyway... But I do know that what I'm really good at is remembering things. I've got quite a good memory. And so if I listen to stuff and read stuff all the time, then I've got a constant collection of recent memories in my mind that I can bring up and bring into conversation when necessary. It doesn't always mean that they're going to be useful, but if I learn enough stuff, then eventually I'll be able to weave it together into some kind of intelligent conversation, I hope. But we're not, we don't, we're not caring too much about dropping references into this final show. Though. Absolutely not. Because this is the final show, as I mentioned, and we were umming and ahhing because we've not seen each other for a whole week because we've obviously been away with our respective families, mm-hmm. nearest and dearest. But we have been in text contact. Yes. And was it actually Christmas Day? Because I just wanted to like refer back to this little conversation that oh, we had. Oh probably we did do it. I mean I did a lot when of texting on Christmas day. I had to top my phone up twice. When we were trying to work out what um theme to do. Yeah, cuz I was trying to 
determine whether or not you liked your Christmas presents. And then it... it, um, And then I discovered that actually you'd forgotten to take them with you. I'm sorry, but I got them yesterday and they're a lovely treat. They're really good. Because it's better than, like, at least uh, thinking that you hated them. That's why you hadn't mentioned them. Oh, I'm sorry. But, you know, it's not just me that behaved badly over Christmas presents, is it? Because there was a bit of a scene at the train station when I was trying to give you a present last week. I know. And you were refusing to take it with you because I it know. seemed too heavy to lug up and down the country. It w- I have to say, <laughs> it was actually the heaviest present I got. It was a big book about a f- like, a, an, like an idiot's guide to economics, yeah. which is really interesting, actually, because I was thinking about... Oh, I was thinking about uh, releasing a new book of my own in 2013. Were you? Yeah. Wow, what's it going to be? I wanted to call, I was thinking about calling it like something like an idiot's guide to economics, but then I thought of home economics and I thought, wouldn't that be a lovely lovely name? Homo economics? No, not homo economics, home economics. Home economics. Because don't you think it's an interesting phrase? Well, you are economical in the home. But it's also like sort of DIY economics, oh, and I think that yeah, that is nice. That's what I've been doing a lot of in, over the last few years yeah. with my work. But anyway, what I wanted to find in this text message was the list of f- words. But there's just been bloody too many text messages. I know. I will have deleted it by now because I've gotten into the habit of deleting all my inboxes as soon as I've read them. It says something about a vegan bean bag. Oh, well, you just have to look on Facebook if you want. Or oh, oh, hang on a minute. Yeah, no, here we go. So it's Christmas Eve, actually, that we were trying to work out our... Oh, no, it was Christmas Day. Okay, so Oliver Braid writes, what the hell are we going to do, <laughs> I think? Oh, and b- uh, can I just read this whole thing? Because I think it's quite interesting. Yeah, go on then, go on it's then. It's a... It's the 25th of December 2012. It's 16.36 in the afternoon. So Mm. I'd had some booze by then. I wonder if I had. I started with some carver at about uh, 11, I think. This this year in my family, we didn't really do a lot of drinking until later on. But it was was actually because I'd eaten all those chilies the night before, so my stomach couldn't really hold anything for quite a long time. Oh, my God. (laughs) So Oliver says... Oh, glad you liked it, because I'd obviously text to say thanks for my present, because I liked it. Got it too, so we can compare notes. That's the economics book. What on earth is our thing going for Friday going to be? I thought Friday morning I'd go out early and just get some fabric for the quick costumes that we can just gaffer tape together for the photo. And as you'll see in our photo, <laughs> that is exactly what we've been doing this morning, is making some rather special... Um, photographs to for our final Ellie and Oliver show picture. Or some costumes for our photographs. So we haven't <laughs> been making some photos. It sounds like we've been doing an erotic photo <laughs> shoot, but that, that'll happen later in our career. So then I replied to this um, at 16.57. Oh, cool. Uh, some ideas. Conclusions, finale, celebrations, festivities, finitudes, closures, farewells, demises, destructions, epilogues. I'm liking closures and conclusions. We'll ask my sis about the roughs. Mm. And when you see the photo, you'll see what I mean about the roughs. And our collars and cuffs. And they do match. (laughs) 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 They're made out of white tinsel. (laughs) So we went for closures. Did I say that? Closures. No, we've never said it yet. So we're going for closures. Closures for our final theme. I think it's important. And I was thinking some cheesy things while I was on the toilet. (laughs) <laughs> um, about 
oh, it feels like we've gone full circle, man. But <laughs> it kind of <laughs> does, doesn't it? I was trying to think, well, I was thinking like, um, about I remember when we did the first show. Yeah. And I remember after the first show saying to you, wow, we've only got another 51 shows left to go. And then that's the end. But at the time, obviously, it seemed like, bloody hell, this is never going to finish. Yeah. And there were times during the year where I was just thinking like, this is never going to end. Like, and it, it, it has to. It's so mental. But now, here we are. We have definitely been through an up and down in our relationship. Yeah. Like, I'm sure that if you were to do some kind of data visualization for it, there'd be some peaks and troughs. Yeah. But it does feel like, in a way, yeah, we have resolved a lot of issues. <laughs> I thought you were going to say we've come full circle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's funny because when we were making our costumes this morning, because we did have a little family activity, yeah, like that's nice. a bit of bonding. Um, and I started to tell you about my New Year's resolutions because obviously like, the first ever show theme was resolutions. Mm-hmm. But I've come back to that, uh, you know, it's that time of year when you start to think, oh my God, I've got to improve my life next year. What can I do to improve my life next year? I would actually love to hear some reflections on your resolutions. I think that would be a really nice thing to do at the end of this show or to talk about whether we think that the things that we set out to do in the first show, whether, what the impact they've had on our lives... Oh, it's interesting. Well, my resolutions were largely based around doing less work. Yeah. And how did that work? Oh, the email, the bloody bounce back email system yeah. that you made. There was the email detox that I did. And then there was my answer phone message, which I oh. regaled, <laughs> which still gets laughs, you know. Yeah, I bet, it does. I bet it does. It's about seven minutes long, that answer phone message. Know, Such a waste of phone credit. It's a critique of like, <laughs> the, the capitalist good, society like that we live in, where nobody really gives a shit about anyone. But... um. <laughs> I did work. I feel like I worked. I worked in a different way. Mm. I worked more local. I was thinking like I was thinking global, acting local. Oh, good! I'm glad you put a slogan for it. But I think all that happened was I just ended up just disappearing, maybe into a little bit of a black hole. But then <laughs> it feels like that's what. I'm just <laughs> Day. <laughs> no, it feels like you know I um. I I wasn't so outward in my production, but mm. then obviously I was broadcasting a radio show from my flat every. Yeah, no, Friday, it's weird. So I was looking at my Tumblr archive last night, and this year is so full, really. Although actually, I mean, I did bang out quite a lot of artworks you as did. well over the year. Um, but what were your resolutions? Well, again? if you remember, I just had a theme rather than a resolution. So it was just my year of seriousness. Yeah. And it's quite nuts because like, I know that obviously anyone who's listened to the shows throughout the year has listened to us talk about lots of uh, pseudo-intellectual, or, you know, like, but I would I say that it wasn't tongue-in-cheek when I was doing it. Like, I was really interested in all of those things. And I do think it's pretty nuts, like, when I think about all the stuff I did actually learn this year through trying to be serious. Yeah. I think that was pretty amazing. And I... Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it's changed my personality drastically, but it does feel like it was. It was nice to have that guiding force. But then you, as you'll listen to in a show, I can't remember which show it is, a few months back, updated your resolutions with five goals in August, mm-hmm. didn't you? Yeah, I did. I did. And that was um, like a, yeah, and that was like a new motivational. Well, force, they were a bit I like suppose. taking your life a bit. So yeah, they were sort of half year resolutions, but I sort of gave myself until I made them in August, and I gave myself till next August to achieve them. 
And and some of them, I suppose one of the most important ones in a way was, and it's always like this major ongoing resolution, is just like get a boyfriend. And I wouldn't really say that properly happened, but I would say that I definitely experimented with it towards the end of this year. I don't really think about it as being like a relationship, but I think it was like an interesting version of something that I think really, because I remember like, Two years ago, I was in an interview for something and we were talking about like how in my work, that idea of needing a relationship comes up a lot. And one of the guys who was on the panel was like, why are you so obsessed with this? It's so like heteronormative and actually like relationships aren't all they cracked up to be. And at the time I was like, yeah, but I think I need to have some experience of it before I can make that critique. And now I sort of realized that like, it's not that I don't want a relationship, but I really think I need to stop being so anxious about it all the time. Like it's just... A thing, and it's actually like I don't really have the the time to dedicate to it. I think that I need to to make it. And the thing about relationship revelation for me this year. Well, it's probably about the most mundane thing that can ever happen, and mm-hmm. that in your head you probably think it's the most exciting and most fairy tale thing that can ever happen. But the nitty gritty of it is, it's just like two people trying to live their lives <laughs> in parallel and balance yeah and never right. know it's actually like more uncomfortable i think or one of the things i found was more like i always thought oh you get in a relationship and then you're locked in you're sorted and you don't ever feel insecure about that person but actually it's pretty much like every day you're thinking uh, well me being a neurotic person it just gave me more things to worry about really rather than less and it didn't make me an enjoyable person again to be around so i just think like Maybe what would be nice is if I just concentrated on, like, um, some kind of physical relationships, but mostly, like, just doing what... I was thinking being a bit more selfish. No! <laughs> <laughs> but let's play a song, because I've got okay. a little song which is Go a gift on. to you, because Aww. obviously one of the other... I don't know that you'll like it. One of the other things on your list of five goals was to move out yeah and i was quite horrified when i discovered this in october or november and that you'd had it secretly conspiring to leave me all that time without letting me know but that's fine i've worked through it now (laughs) um and you're going to france to start off with Mm -hmm. have you booked your ticket by the way no i am booking it though because obviously i'm all i'm financially very sorted now so i'm defo's going i've got the date everything's sorted i just haven't done it over christmas but i'm gonna do it this week yes i'm definitely going don't worry for you (laughs) yeah because i'm making loads of plans for what i'm gonna turn this place into when you depart i know because now i've got a job it's amazing um, so, you're going to France. So I just found Oi. a song on my on my little iPod, and um, I also got you those teach yourself French French hypnosis. CDs. I'm so excited about that. I don't think it is hypnosis. It's just these CDs that you listen to that's really repetitive, and, and they're like set to music. Apparently, that's what I'm really looking forward oh my God. to. <laughs> this is how Oliver's going to learn French. So this is a lovely little song by Bridget Bardot. Oh. And it's really upbeat and lively, and it's called French Song. So I think we could listen to it and and have a little have a little dance. Merci. It's only one and a half minutes. <laughs> Je joue, moi je joue, je joue contre joue. 
Je veux jouer, je contre vous, mais vous le voulez-vous De tout cœur, je veux gagner ce cœur à cœur. Vous connaissez mon jeu par cœur, alors défendez-vous. Sans tricher, je vous le promets. J'ai gagné, tant pis c'est bien fait, vous êtes mon jouet à présent. Ce ne sera plus vous, mais toi. Et tu feras ça, t'apprendras n'importe quoi pour moi. T'assurer Un enfer De griffes et de crocs Tu crieras bientôt Au secours Alors décidant de ton sort Pour m'éviter quelques remords Je t'aimerai plus fort Oh oui, plus fort Oui, 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 plus fort Oh, plus fort Oui, oui Merci, Eleanor, Alison. Gets quite risky, risky at the end there, doesn't it, Oliver? You probably won't listen. I know. I wasn't listening to the lyrics. I was talking about something that I won't repeat. I know. And then, on the you, radio. And then you told me that um, it was in a car advert that song, <laughs> and that like really took the sheen off it for me because I thought it's a lovely song though. But you can imagine it's good for selling products, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's very chirpy. This morning when I was walking into Glasgow to get the materials for our photo shoot, yeah, I was just like. Bloody hell, when is this rain ever going to stop? And then I was like, I bet it doesn't rain in Marseille ever. I'm just going to mm-hmm. be dry all the time. Oh. I don't even care if it's cold. I just want it to be dry. I know. Yeah. Well, I think it doesn't rain nearly as much as it rains here in Marseille. Fingers crossed. The rain, crossed. In, the rain Spain in Spain falls, falls mainly, mainly on, on the, the plane. plane. <laughs> it's so funny. That's <laughs> one of the things that I did with my, my, my niece. Like she loves, she calls me Auntie Silly. In fact, she continually abuses mm. me. Mm. And she calls me like um, the farty grump as well. Like it's just a bit cr- but she's, she's just allowed to say farty. How old is she? Four and a half. But that, she, she, she just is quite bohemian. Yeah, I know. She oh, just I've said this before actually though and been rebuffed. She's a very good mother, my sister. She's a, she's an inspiration. Well, obviously not to the point where I'm actually going to have any children. She's got a lovely Ellie and Oliver show T-shirt, hasn't she? Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. And yeah. if anyone else wants one before they all sell out, because obviously they're flying off the shelves, but yep. there is a secret code. Um, too, too many, many fucking, fucking t-shirts. t-shirts. But they are flying Get off the shelves. Get yours half price. Yeah, there are less and less. I gave five away for Christmas, Oliver. Really? Yeah. What about the high demand to buy them? Well, I had to get rid of them God, somehow. Don't flood the market. Closures, 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 closures. I was going to say the thing that made my sis- my niece laugh. Because it on, relates then. to the rain and fame, but it's not really... It was like, the water with mute don't taste like water. Like, my niece found that I so God, I never funny. heard that. I never heard that before. That's a great one. Because they kept telling me off for teaching my niece a glottal stop, but mm. it's because I think I do actually have a bit of a glottal stop. Well, you are a bit of a cockney. Well, exactly, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> so, closures. Closure. One thing we said before, we'd pick this word. And, like, I... 
the thing that this, I hate the word actually, and I tell you I hate it because it reminds, like I said, it sounds really American, and it reminds me. I'm sure they used it in a Friends episode. Jennifer mm. Aniston. It's coming back from the nineties. <laughs> reminiscing about the late nineties. Jennifer Aniston talked about the need for closure in a relationship. That's the first time I'd ever heard that word. Mm-hmm. So I just associate yeah. it with that period of time. And I don't know whether it is actually something that's a new word that's just... It does sound like 90s life. Americanism. So that idea of like the being having to have some sort of conclusion to anything, whether it be a relationship or a radio show or, <laughs> a, or, or a period of living together with someone before you can move on. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. But I think we put our closure into place slightly earlier in the year. After I said I was going to move out, the the wonder about what happened there was that we still had this period of time to work through those things and to resolve it to a situation where we can both leave and leave happily. The real problem is when people think that closure is just you have one meeting where you say what you've got to say and then that's it and you just go away because that's not actually closure. You don't work through anything. Mm. Yeah. Well, if you think about, like, um, working your notice at a job, for example, like that idea of you tell them all that you're leaving and that's a massive drama and there's a big upheaval, but then you actually have to work with them for that final month or two months, however long it is. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, God, we've got a visitor at the Ellie and Oliver show. I think it might be the post. Well, well, one second, what should we do? I think... Should I go and press the button? You yeah. just stay there. Talk about something. Well, I'm going to play a song, Oliver, because I want to play another song for you because I was listening through... I made a whole playlist, as I mentioned, of um, songs that I wished that we could play Aww. if we'd have had more radio shows. <laughs> Are they dropping a parcel off? Who said Postman, yeah. Oh, my word. <gasps> I have an idea what it might be. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> shall, I, shall I play another song? Uh, yeah. Because I wanted to play um, the Van der Van de Bernhardt. Do you like it? That's nice. Um, I, I like some of that kind of music. Okay. It's a bit Weepy Widows, isn't it? But this we'll go with it. Okay, cool. This one is called I Feel Just Like a Child. And oh, that's nice. And I just thought it was quite good for us. Yeah. Yeah, some people try and treat me like a man 
tell me what to wear Yeah, I need you to help me comb my hair Yeah, I need you to help me tie my shoes Yeah, I need you to come keep me amused From my cave to my grave I guess I'll always be a child Oliver Braid. I'm sat here with Ellie Harrison. We're a very, 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 very last ever Ellie and Oliver show. Closures is our theme. That was Devandra. Can't ever remember what his surname Bernhard, is. Bernhardt. Uh, you know that kid. He used to advertise butter. Or oh did that song God, advertise butter. <laughs> You're choosing loads of adverts on today. So Ellie, closures, right? I was thinking, you know, uh, I've said this so many times in today's show, but if anyone has listened to the entire back catalogue of Ellie and Oliver shows, they'll remember that like, for at least the first nine months of the year, I was quite obsessed with a person that cropped up all the time. 
yeah. all the bloody time. I thought it was a shame not to crack them in on the uh, the final show at some point. But it's because, really, one of the things that I think I, I finally sunk in this year, because I was thinking about last night, I was like, oh, my God, you felt so sad at that point. You never want to, I don't, just don't want to ever feel like that again. And one of the reasons that I think I felt so sad about it was because I just kept thinking and thinking about it all the time, thinking about different ways to resolve it and make it better and, like clear up all the stuff that I'd done that had messed up that situation, but actually I've come to realise it's not completely all just my fault. But my friend Paul said to me, actually a couple of years ago... Our um, friend Paul. Our friend Paul. Mm, Paul Paul. I spoke to him yesterday, actually, Paul Knight. Gave me a little tinkle. He said to me, um, if you are a problem-solving type person, and then there's a problem and you can't resolve it because someone just leaves or won't talk to you anymore then it's natural that you would think about it over and over again still because if you're someone who wants to resolve things all the time, then if you can't, then your brain finds it very difficult to just let it go. And that, for me, that that has been the biggest problem, I think, definitely, that, I've, that I think that I need to really work on in my life. If I'm looking to iron something out next year, it's really about the idea of just stopping thinking so much. And so that's not just about particular people it could be about because yeah I think that that is why I've always been so drawn back into especially with other people like if people have stopped wanting to see me and stuff like that then normally I would think that's so weird like I can totally resolve this if we just sort it out in in a rational way but you know one of the things I learned towards the very end of this year was actually like in human relationships you can't bring rationality into it and the thing is that you think that you actually make a situation worse by trying to resolve it, obviously. That <laughs> <happens>. <laughs> when really you should be thinking, uh, to just coin another cliche, there's plenty more fish in the sea. Yeah. But there's so many fucking human beings there's in this so many world. Like, you could just move on to the next one. I know. It's just that issue of thinking, like, well, because, yeah, because I think my brain is naturally inclined to think, oh my God, no, there isn't anyone else. Like, you're the person. Like, I can definitely resolve this. Instead of thinking, like, maybe you're, like, a bit of an asshole, And, like, actually, like, there might be someone else who's not going to be so mean and moody. But I think that, you know what you're saying about being a naturally problem-solving person? Mm. Because I think we both have that quality. Mm -hmm. But that's why I think that we have managed to work through the problems that we had. To the point when we probably will have closure. I'm thinking at the beginning of... February, when you finally depart, that it will have been, you know, a roller coaster, to come in another <laughs> cliche, but that we'll have, we'll have emerged at the end. And like you say, when you come back from France, we'll, we'll be the best of friends. And do you know what made me realise that? Was the fact that we were texting each other on Christmas Day. Yeah. Like, I wasn't texting anybody. Well, you said you texting loads of people. Maybe I didn't... Sorry, I'm such a whore. Such a slut. But I wasn't texting very many people, but I was thinking, yeah, on Christmas Day, I do want to speak to Oliver. Yeah, well, that's nice. I wanted to speak to you as well. And, and you brought me a Snorlax back from London. Exactly. That made my day today. Um, yeah, well, I think, you know, well, I'm pretty sure we've said this. I've been talking a lot about living experiments. Not here today, but just in general. And... Um, the thing is with an experiment, which I think Ellie and Oliver, not just as a show, but just, uh, you know, as an existence yeah. for this period of time, like three and a half years or whatever, this is like a nice thing to do that we did, had a little experiment. 
When you finish an experiment, you don't just leave the laboratory with all shit all over it, do you? Because that's a real pain. You've got to resolve it. You've got to clean that laboratory up at some point. So what you want to do is put all that stuff away nice and tidy. Yeah. And that's the real problem. Like, if you don't do it, then you always know there's that messed up experiment. Yeah. Not tidied away. I know, and it's horrible when th- when when that mess is out of your hands to clean. But the thing that I was going to say about our closure and what happens next um, relates to the lyrics in the Devanda Bernhardt song, which is actually why I, I wanted to to play it. I think um, because I don't want to think that this was a phase that happens when you're young and then you grow then you grow up because. And that I am really worried because just before Christmas, I I managed to get myself a, a permanent teaching post at Duncan mm. Jordanson College of Art Design, which obviously I'm over the moon about. But there's that real fear of like actually being a grown up now, or when I start teaching like later in the spring, that that's the next phase that I'm going into where there'll be more certainty and more stability in my existence. And maybe that will make me a more boring person. Well, you are talking about giving up drinking and smoking forever. Oh, no, for one whole year. Yeah, that's my New Year's resolution. You are closing those doors, aren't you? I know. Well, I guess, but... See, my my New Year's resolution on that front was to experiment more with altered states of consciousness in the new year. Oh, well, I'm glad... Because I think I should get it all in before I turn 30. Oh, my God. Well, in that case, I'm glad that you're not going to be here. Because I just just think that there's other ways of, like, of of, of, um, finding fulfilment and finding happiness. No, there definitely are. There's loads, loads of different ways. But it's just, like, I am... Well, sometimes I'm a real hermit when it comes to experience, and other times I'm a real glutton for experience. But one of the reasons when I was a kid that I justified getting my first tattoo is, like, in life, you have two choices, get a tattoo or don't ever get a tattoo. And then it's like you're just not having that experience for the whole of your life, and then you're just going to die. And so that's the way that I decided to think about those other things that are on offer to me. You either have have the experience or you don't. Well, exactly. And that's why I don't want to grow up. And that's why I feel just like a child. And I put, uh, it's funny going down to spend Christmas with my family because obviously she is my sister. She. She, <laughs> my sister, Chloe, is a grown up who's got two kids and a family. And she took a picture of me sat on the sofa in between my mum and dad. And um, like, did you look like a little boy? Holding my presents up. Aww. Like a little proud child. <laughs> it's actually my economics book that I'm holding <laughs> oh, up. Oh, that's nice. Have you not seen that no. picture? I thought you'd like it. My mum's holding up a Barbie, oh. which she didn't get, but my, 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 my niece got. Oh, God, did they get her a Barbie? Yeah, but they really didn't want to. Like, it was actually... Well, I won't tell But if she wanted this. it, she's got to have it. My parents said no to Barbie for years, and look what happened. Did you want Didn't stop it. Yeah, I always wanted it. I had to wait until my 16th birthday. They threw me a Barbie-themed birthday party. But it took me 16 years to battle that down. They bought me a My Little Pony once and then left it in a furniture shop about two hours after they'd bought it. And once, when we were in Ibiza, they bought me one of those miniature supermarkets with all the little bits. And then they couldn't bring it back on the... I don't know why we were in Ibiza, but they couldn't bring it back on the plane, so they just left it on the beach to get washed out into the ocean. Oh, my God. Pretty naughty. I wish we were in Mallorca, (laughs) and then it would have been more closure. (laughs) But Oliver, talking of closure, how do we bring this momentous occasion? Bloody hell, the whole to close? the whole of the Ellie and Oliver show. I don't think we can be that ceremonial about it. I think we have to just go out where the life goes on. 
Well, our lives will still go on. Exactly. We'll still be doing the Alien Oliver show. It'll just be... Not broadcast. Not broadcast. Yeah. Happy days. And we'll have a hiatus of around three months while you're in France. But then it'll just be business as usual in Glasgow, won't it? Yeah. For the unforeseeable future. I mean, should we just say thanks to everyone who listened or helped in any way? Thanks to Emily Chappell and Shortlegs. Thanks to Glasgow. Thanks to Edinburgh Arts Festival. Thanks to... Rural Red for taking us to Ireland Carol earlier in the year. Yeah. Thanks for all the human beings that we've encountered and spoken about. Oh my God. Indiscreetly or not so much. Thanks for all that first hand experience yeah. that gave us so many insightful things to regale on the radio. Thanks to all the bands that, without knowing, let us play their music. <laughs> Thanks to everyone who followed us on Twitter. I think we should really stop this long list of thanks okay. and just, and just uh, play out with your song. Okay, Oliver. cool. So this song, I chose this um, because there's a line in it that says, made you into things you weren't, disregarding who you were. And I thought a lot about, the thing is, like, it's a bit like, you know, you used to say when I'm away for a while and then you began to think about me as dusting. Yeah. Again, it's like... Yeah, and that was one of my problems as well, is the more I thought about people, I kind of became anxious about something that they're actually not anyway. So I think that's a nice thing to end on. As I go into my year of feelings, 2013, I'll be disregarding fee- oh, I'll be disregarding thinking and, um, yeah, having quite a biological year, I should hope. Oh my goodness. Fingers crossed. So yeah, I want to play this as well because our friend Fred Whedon, he just started a radio show and I think it's nice for us to hand the torch of local radio shows over to a pal. And so he'll be running Wrong Hands on Subcity. It's already begun. And he played Adrian Orange and her band on his first show and I really wanted to play the song that he played but then I feel like I can't do that. So I'm going to play this instead. It's by Adrian Orange and her band and it's called Window Mirror Shadow. Okay. Um, Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.